Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Arun, Bradley, and myself are back together again and talk about the hot topic this week. Unfortunately, I wish it is not a hot topic, but it is. Um, it's around the coronavirus, COVID-19. That is the name, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are listening. Um, and I do have a bone to pick. Please do not assign a nationality to the virus. A virus is a virus. It does not know passports. It has no nationality, has no ethnicity. So enough said. Um, a lot has been going on. And um, we want to dedicate this episode to actually feature and highlights what some of the great work some companies are doing. Um, remember that um, we are all in it together. So, um, Bradley, how about you start and give us a rundown on, on some of the things that um, you have heard and read. Well, one of the things I think we should start with is just the acknowledgement um, that this is not the way to go viral. I think, uh, you know, what is happening around the world and the company's um, different responses, this is truly a tragedy in the making. Um, uh, when you look at companies' reactions, a lot of them, especially in the Valley, were very, very quick to get people to work remote. Um, one of the things that I think is um, very important is to acknowledge companies like Microsoft that came out very quickly and decided that they were going to um, pay their hourly workers and ensure that anybody who was on campus um, that would normally be there when the entire contingent of thousands of workers were there were going to be taken care of. And I think that's um, really important to acknowledge uh, the brands that really have stepped up and done it you know, more than a week ago before this week and, and everything else that has happened has sort of come into play. Um, others in the financial services side uh, from JP Morgan Chase and Goldman have really pushed the envelope for banks and gotten people to work remotely, uh, especially JP Morgan in New York, where you know a lot of things in New Rochelle and other areas outside of the city have been hit pretty hard. Um, and so, you know, we, we have to acknowledge that. Um, and the other thing though, is to think about how do we take care of people in banking when, yes, you could clear out a corporate site for you know a period of time for a lot of your workers, but what about the people that are working in the branches and taking care of the business of banking? Uh, they are still actively at Chase and other places um, going to have people in the branches. And so we need to take care of these folks too. Uh, and everybody needs to think about what their plan's going to be the next several weeks. Agree, and with that, I also want to give a shout out to Jill Casilla, front over at Citizens Admin. Um, she runs a community bank, and she was also one of the very first to react um, to to the crisis that we have at hand. She is probably the only person that I have seen so far that posted her personal number on social media and tell people that they can text her um, if they need anything. I think. You know, those actions, you know, being able to respond and be able to reassure both their employees as well as their customers that they are there for you. It speaks volume to their values. It speaks volumes to priorities more so than any other empty words that people would promise either at Davos or, or at their annual shareholder meeting, because we always say talk is cheap. Um, is at moments of crisis when people need help and how you you help them out and how you reassure them 
that's what matters. And Arun, over on your side in London, how are things? Um, I think there's a lack of action in the UK. Uh, they're definitely behind uh, both the US, uh, perhaps Europe, and definitely uh, some parts of Asia in, in kind of trying to curb this uh, issue. And they say they are in the delay phase of acting against this pandemic. Uh, what I have, what we have all seen that there's been a rate cut announced from 0.75 to 0.25 by the Bank of England. Um, that came as a little bit of a surprise for me because uh, we all will have to face the after effects of it with the lots of cheap money going out. Um, it'll definitely come to um, create uh, hopefully a bubble at some point or <laughs> make the existing bubble worse. Uh, but also we're seeing a lot of the markets going down. The last couple of days we've seen um, double digit fall in FTSE. Um, so that's, that's something that... Uh, I mean, in some ways I'm worried about, but in some ways I think this is a much needed correction. Um, uh, I've also heard about, uh, we all of us heard about Microsoft announcing that uh, people affected by coronavirus will get paid for their uh, for their time off, which was great, which was a great gesture. A uh, bunch of other firms announced uh, similar measures as well. I've been getting emails as a customer from so many different organizations like Uber and and, uh, and and even the cinemas here saying we are trying to act um, uh, in, 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 uh, in line with what is needed for this. So there's, there's quite a lot of uh, kind of com coming together in some ways. I, I, I get that sense coming together as, uh, as, as humans, which was kind of lacking that the connection is starting to, uh, I can see the connection. Uh, but personally, I'm a bit upset that I can't travel to India in April. Um, having to cancel my tickets. Um, and uh, and of course I have to be working from home for the foreseeable future. Uh, but but largely I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the older population because if you look at the death rates or fatality rates um, uh, between the age of, I mean, between uh, the age of I think three and about 50, it's 0.2%. Uh, but beyond that, it just dramatically increases. And, and the moment it's, past seven, 70 years old, uh, you, you're looking at uh, fatality rates of seven, eight uh, percent. It's pretty high. So that's something that worries me. So um, I would request everyone to stay home as much as possible because you may have the uh, the immunity to carry the virus and, 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 uh, and carry on with it, but you may be a kind of a, a you may be trans transmitting the virus to a older older person, um, and, and, and that's something you should try and avoid. Uh, one interesting thought here, uh, Theo and Brad, uh, we've seen China nationalize data in some ways to, uh, to address this. I don't know if you heard of this um, uh, data, um, the initiative from China where they, they took uh, individuals' data and, and uh, used uh, data science to identify what the risk factor is for every single citizen um, against coronavirus. Um, that, that, that felt interesting. That was an interesting concept because at times of crisis, um, should we nationalize data is something that I've been thinking about. Uh, what do you think about that? That's an interesting spin. I don't think I've heard. I mean, my my feed and my news and my emails are so jammed with with everything about the virus in the U.S. Um, that is interesting. Now, 
I do, um, I do remember seeing something across from Richard um, Turin that mentioned that because um, he just recently got back to Shanghai, and um, he said that you know everything is is very um, organized in a way when he got into the airport. Um, they take his temperature and and all of those. So that's the only thing I've heard. So this idea that you know uh, Alibaba is going to put out an app that allows you, based on location and based on other factors, um, determine what your risk factor is for getting or having the virus uh, is really interesting. And leveraging AI to help diagnose ninety five percent of potential cases or potential carriers, um, you have a point about you know sort of nationalizing the use of data. The question really is, is in an economy different, in a, in a government structure very, very different than what you find in China, is that even possible now? And you haven't seen Facebook and Google and other companies sort of step up, or even Apple for that matter, um, step up and say, hey, you know, we could leverage different things um, like we have in the past to look at even like search data based on, you know, sort of pockets uh, where there may be um, a new Rochelle out of New York type of uh, event happening. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting to talk about within financial services and the reaction is that, you know, we've today put in one and a half trillion dollars into the market to like increase liquidity and try to stop the free fall of stocks. Well, we've dropped about 30% in the U.S. markets uh, on the Dow and overall. And there's really, you know, a reflection of how much similarities this has between, you know, the Great Recession and what happened, especially in 2008. I don't think that we've learned an awful lot of lessons uh, in the last 11 years since that, um, because banks, you know, have not been reaching out and saying, hey, you know, the last week has been really not something pleasant for anybody. Um, the problem is, is that the stock market going down has not really, you know, had the same type of impact. Um, it's a different experience this time because it's health related. And, and that, I think, needs to be sort of acknowledged when we think about the differences between this virus and what's going on and what happened financially to people uh, 11 years ago. There's a lot of different ways now that banks and other types of financial instruments can be leveraged. And we have FinTech now, which is very different. We have you know, companies like Even that work with Walmart employees to allow them to access a paycheck ahead of time or um, Honeybee that allows you to take a loan off of your um, paycheck. And there's a lot of sort of financial instruments that could be leveraged now by banks and credit unions, like skip a pay for both mortgages and for car payments and these types of things. There's um, companies like Casasa, which help financial institutions offer not just high rate savings, but also things like auto loans, where as you pay down your equity, you could tap into that equity over time. What, what some people forget is that it's not 40% of people not coming up with $400. It's the fact that this virus response requires things like stocking up on you know groceries and things and so we need to do everything we can and bring out all the instruments we have within the industry to help people financially right now yeah speaking of i like what um some of the banks in asia have done um because as as we all know uh, many of the Asian regions actually went through this way before we did in the U.S. and U.K. Um, and so, for example, HSBC and uh, DBS banks, they have both announced about two months ago that they will allow for a whole year's worth of interest-only payment 
for both consumer um, mortgages as well as commercial mortgages. It was like, as you say, Brad, you know, this impacts basically everyone. It impacts people who are not able to come up with cash um, to do what they need to do. It also impacts businesses, small businesses, um, when people are doing all kinds of social distancing and not going out. Um, so this impacts everybody. So I like what they're doing. Um, I heard rumors that some of the banks in the U.S., they are also thinking about short-term um, emergency loans. So those will be welcomed as well. Um, I think one of the big question marks that we all have right now is how long is this going to last, right? This is going to have long-lasting impact, not only financially, but also in a lot of things um, in how we work, for example. Now everyone is working at home. So how are we equipped from an infrastructure perspective to support that mode of work? How will managers cope with workers working remotely, right? How, how are we doing all that? And also from a social perspective, how do we continue to collaborate and exchange um, ideas and information? Um, so there are a lot of, a lot of things that I, I think we are conducting a giant social experiment one that is needed. Um, unfortunately, I, I wish that we had um, been a little bit more proactive in, in setting up the game plan, but you know, we are where we are right now. I'm just uh, following the news on European stocks that went down by 11%, um, and it's been called the worst one-day drop ever. Um, and, and of course, uh, they're saying tomorrow is gonna be worse um uh, which is which is a friday so yeah so um i mean and and um europe and us and the uk hope that some of the financial stimulus that we are pumping into the eco uh, in, into the economy is going to help but I, i'm struggling to see how this is all going to kind of help because china is slowed down and most of our lives depend on china if you think about it um there was there was an article there or a picture the other day where it said your life and it showed a whole room and minus china it showed an empty room um so um if if that is going to be the case manufacturing is going to be hit in a big way and if manufacturing and supply chains and trade are hit i'm not sure how pumping money into the uh, into the economy is really gonna kind of help uh, this is this is this is an interesting stress scenario to be honest. I don't think banks have faced this in the past. Um, I don't think insurance firms have faced something like this in the past. Uh, so it's going to be a really interesting test scenario or stress scenario scenario for some of the big financial organizations that support uh, liquidity. We would like to give a mention to our creative partner, Tremendousness. Tremendousness is a creative agency that uses visual thinking, information design, and storytelling to help organizations explore innovations, products, and processes. Learn more at www.tremendo.us. Well, speaking of stress testing, um, quote-unquote testing, uh, I think not just the big banks, also fintechs, right? I think we've all heard what happened with uh, Robinhood, um, right? So, it, and it brings to question, right? How stable are some of these fintech apps that we have 
grown to rely on how how many of those actually are stable from a from a platform perspective and um, can they actually cope with the stress that we're putting in the system wearing my cynical hat on i would really like to see how some of these fintechs survive um, uh, a lack of liquidity in the system if there is uh, cash um, a cash crunch for instance uh, top down some of these big tickets like half a billion uh, fundraise and at, at 8 billion valuation, all those crazy numbers are going to start to shrink and they're going to have to run a more efficient um, engine. Uh, so I would be, I'd be interested to see how, for instance, the revolutes of the world uh, pivot there or, or course correct themselves. I um I don't know if it's going to be the same as it was because, you know, 11 years ago, this was the beginning of fintech, right? This was the sort of perfect storm uh, to create a sort of low rate environment and a uh, displaced consumer sentiment about trust when it comes to banking. And if we think about, you know, what was starting to happen, rates were starting to go up. There was more sort of pressure on the other side of the balance sheet. I think that this actually gives a lot of fintech a longer run, especially those companies that were um, very well funded over the last cycle. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit more bullish on the startup side. I'm still, uh, as we've talked about in the last couple of episodes, very um, bullish on the fact that M&A is going to go nuts and continue to go nuts this year. And there's a lot more bargains, I think, um, on both public uh, traded companies and startups themselves. I just... When we talk about the, the industry, um, I would say that we need to, again, provide more financial instruments during black swan events like this. And when you still have, you know, a very strong housing market and um, people with very low unemployment thus far, uh, don't ask me that in six months, uh, and you have decisions being made by companies like United, their CEO uh, has decided not to take a salary over the next 90 days um, to help with some of their, you know, ability to pay people that are um, not working as many hours. And you just have to have this moment that really has come to us um, during this time of need. And it's not, it's, it's, it's more about the need for, for empathy from corporates about the way that they take their next steps and the next two or three months, as we hopefully come out of this, is going to be very telling about those brands that take care of their employees and offer opportunities for their clients to tap into their income to you know forestall payments these types of things and you know how, how can your financial brand make an impact yes and and i would echo that and say it goes beyond right it's we think about when we take a moment and think about everything that we rely on, um, you know, to to get all of our services to enable us to continue to live a semi-normal life, um, if you will. The teachers of of the world um, that are trying to figure out how they can continue to to deliver education to to students, um, the infrastructure telecom companies of the world that are trying to figure out how do they increase capacity to support more people doing remote work and kudos and thank you 
for Cisco as well, I'm going to give a shout out because we actually had to move our um, podcasting platform over to Cisco um, WebEx to be able to actually continue doing what we're doing. Um, or to, to like what you guys are saying earlier, the Microsoft of the worlds, right? That we're doing the right thing for their vendors um, as well as their employees. So all of those, I think it takes everyone, all the corporations and all the citizens, all the employees, everyone to band together, to work together, to do what's right um, for the society. And speaking of tangentially, um, Arun, to something that else that you were saying earlier um, with regards to the virus being more deadly for seniors. Um, one of the, the things that I'm worried about is as we continue to practice social distancing, um, the elderly, the seniors are the ones that are the most susceptible. They are also the ones that have become more isolated physically isolated and um, psychologically more isolated. And as we know, for seniors, social isolation actually is detrimental to their health, right? And so I do worry, you know, what will happen if people stop visiting them? Or when they get worried, they don't want to go outside um, to go grocery shopping or, you know, to meet in public. Um, what will happen to them? Um, I like... Um, I like uh, what last year, I believe we had Dave from Amazon that came on to our podcast and talk about the power of connecting seniors with their grandchildren um, using the Amazon devices. So I think technology like those, the virtual assistants, I think it will help cope with some of that. Um, and then the other part I'm worried about with seniors is also scams, right? As as we know, scammers, they like to take advantage of people and definitely more so in times of need when people feel isolated, when they're nervous. Um, so I would urge um, everyone, if you are visiting websites, you're opening emails, be careful with the links that you click on. Be especially careful when you see something that says, oh, we need to reset your password, enter your credential. Um, American Banker had a very good article that they posted um, and is not within the paywall, so you can actually read, um, and we'll tweet that out. Um, that talks about all the different schemes that scammers and fraudsters will likely target. Um, so we need to be mindful of that. Yeah, one of the things um, that I'd also say is uh, transparency right now in your business model, I think, is um, key. It's it's not just this is what we're doing for our employees and our, our customers. It's letting people know um, you know, how you're responding overall and companies like Instacart, which I've relied on for probably four or 500 deliveries since it began and uh, probably Webvan before that are doing what they can to take care of their delivery um, staff and teams and talking about, you know, changing the way that they do deliveries that gives you the option or may become the predominant way to just leave groceries at the door. And think about, you know, all these gig workers that do deliveries for us from DoorDash and, and other places. Um, you know, we we take advantage, I think, in a modern economy and in cities with the people that make our lives more convenient. And then, you know, we we see a change in that convenience and we then realize how much we rely on other people doing things for us now. And it's such a it's a privileged thing. You know, it's a privileged thing for a certain economic class. It's a privileged thing for a certain type of uh, community to have that type of, of help. And, you know, right now we need to be knocking on, well, maybe not knocking on doors, but somehow checking in with our senior, our neighbors um, and make sure that if they need something, 
you know, whether it's going to the grocery store or what. There was a story today that I read about um, an older couple in their 80s were sitting in the parking lot of a grocery store and were trying to get people's attention. And, you know, finally a woman came over and asked, you know, how she could help. And they had a hundred dollar bill and they had a grocery list. And they said, we've been trying for 45 minutes to get somebody to help us grocery shop because we were too afraid to go into the store because we didn't want to catch the virus. Pay attention, pay attention to one another. Um, right now is when we need that. I agree. Um, but before we close, I, I want to ask you guys personally um, how you're all coping with this and um, if you have any special tips that uh, we can share with our listeners and our audience. Um, I, I think it will be interesting. So I know for me personally, um, we are planning for the probably the inevitable that the kids will be home for the foreseeable future. And uh, so I know that they were getting a little bit nervous. Um, in trying to figure out what's going to happen. And uh, so yesterday, um, I, I had a chat with my 10-year-old, and um, we're trying to lighten it up a little bit because I know that they've been very worried. My son, he had been apparently tracking the disease and the deaths around the world on a Google spreadsheet and uh, has been working on it with his little friends. Um, I had no idea. So I, I would say first and foremost, talk to your children. Um, don't hide it from them, at least, but talk talk to them. I think little kids can handle it if you actually tell them the truth, but also look at the positive sides of things. Um, so yesterday my son told me, he's like, well, you know, I am looking forward to, you know, being able to actually spend more time with you because um, I do travel quite a bit. And he is excited about the fact that he is going to get more access to snacks during the day. Um, now that he's not going to be in school. Um, so talk, 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 definitely talk. Um, and I've also set up a second um, home office in the house. Um, I think with that, I feel very lucky that we have the space to do it um, so that we can set up different places um, for, for the kids and also for myself to work because I think we'll be holed up in here for a little bit. Um, but Mira keeps me honest because as soon as I walk in, I go to the shopping mall or something, as soon as I walk in, she's like, Papa, go get your hands washed. Uh, so, hey, Aaron, um, you were on mute earlier. You might want to restart that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, um, I've, I've been having fun over the last 48 hours, staying at home, spending time with the kids. Um, and, yeah, of course, getting more more time with them. Um, and uh, the kids keep me honest. So as soon as I walk in after, after uh, a shopping mall visit, or, or um, just just go out somewhere and come back and, and they are like dad wash your hands so they don't they don't let me anywhere into the house without me actually washing my hands so they keep me honest even if i forget it uh but uh but i think i think it's going to be the case for the next um month or so uh, and i'm really hoping that the uh the uk government would shut the schools for a few weeks um i'm i'm, I'm really hoping that would happen it's happening in other countries and i i would rather have it sh shut, have them shut schools earlier uh, than later. So uh, yeah, so we can contain this this thing. Uh, but but apart from that, all I would say is enjoy the time you get with the family. Yeah, I mean you you may you may actually change behavior based on this, right? I, you know the the one sort of bait that has been going on the last week or so has been you know work from home policies and um, sort of restructuring work 
from home and how one can do that and sort of this long sea change of people sort of migrating to work from home. It takes um, an adjustment for people that aren't used to it. I mean, I think I've been working from home off and on um, for at least the last five years. And for a lot of people, this is um, great for them, but for others, they really sort of miss that water cooler talk. And it's it's an adjustment, but you know, for, for us, it's, you know, I, I get to hear about um, Marcia's work in HR and how they're sort of adjusting at the lab that she works at um, with all these different policy changes, because it's not something that's simple within a week to change out thousands of people um, all of a sudden working from home. And, you know, for, for family life, it's like, you know, it is an adjustment. If you think about schools closing, San Francisco just announced today that they're going to be shut down the next two weeks and spring break. So they will have three weeks when no school in San Francisco will have a kid in it. They've already shut down Stanford and Cal uh, and so many different universities as well. And so we, as a society, are um, sort of shifting and doing, like you said, Theo, a grand experiment. And if anything, you know, maybe this will bring the community closer together. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for that. I know it brings families closer. Yeah, I um, I just saw that Google had said that they are going to be providing advanced hangout meets video conferencing capabilities. Um, it's part of their suite for education because of the fact that acknowledging um, there will be more and more children um, that will require remote learning. So kudos to Google for that as well. Um, I, I am really, I am, I'm saddened by a lot of the things that's been happening, but I feel hopeful because of the actions that we have seen the different companies um, have taken to try to make things a little better despite of the crisis. Um, another big change I think that we have seen are obviously all the conferences being canceled, started with Mobile World Congress, and then it just became a watershed moment for many. Um, in, in a way, I, I do miss a lot of the face-to-face -face networking, but having some of those conferences now moving to digital, um, there is silver lining to it because now you can actually provide the content to more people that otherwise are not able to participate because they couldn't travel, because they can't make the time. Um, so maybe it will open up new ways for us to share information, for us to collaborate. Um, so maybe there is some good that can come out from this. I, I am keeping my fingers crossed. Um, the one thing I am worried about though with the schools closing is at least in the United States, there are a lot of children that are dependent on the schools to have hot meals, breakfast, lunch. And if the schools are closed and if they don't have a way to get their food, they might otherwise go hungry. Um, it is a very sad situation um, that, that we are in. Why they end up in the state that they are right now, I think that's a whole different topic, but that is considerations um, you know, that need to be given. And if the kids are actually home instead of in school, what happens to the parents that will need to stay home and watch them? There are a lot of people that cannot work remotely, that they have to be at their work location. So are we going to start asking parents to, to figure out um, and, and to choose between taking care of their children or, or getting money and put food on the table? Um, there are a lot more considerations that um, 
I think that needs to go in. Um, so it, it's almost like a lose-lose situation. I just read yesterday, South by Southwest, they had to lay off 50 people because of the fact that the conference was canceled. Um, it was scheduled for this week. And now it's a question mark on whether or not they are going to be able to continue. So there are a lot of economic impacts. There are a lot of also impacts to families and to individuals. I think the only thing that we ask is um, please stay healthy and um, have empathy. Check in on your friends, your neighbors, people that are in need. Um, and together we can write this out. So thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of One Vision. Thank you.